I'm assuming you'll join in, right? We'll see. Well, we want to check the shot. Hey everybody, Jonathan Scott, Vegas nonstop. Big Bob's gonna check and see if the if the shots lined up. Oh, I'm gonna check. Yeah, just check and see if everybody. Oh. I think we need a little. You gotta get closer. You yeah. gotta get closer. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're but you're square. And now we're done. You're square. Okay. Hey everybody. Yeah. Welcome to December. And this is the the happy hippo hour. Vegas nonstop coming from Peppermint Hippo. And what used to be the old OGs, you might know it as Olympic Gardens. Olympic yep. Gardens. And I want to talk to you a little bit about our guests. And, and I like Big Bob is going to play us on here. here. Yes. <laughs> oh, Listen to these intros, okay? An incredible singer and gracious entertainer. Sky D. Miles hosted her own show in the Boom Boom Room at the Tropicana Hotel and is consistently playing to standing room only crowds for more than four years and recently created. Midnight Sky, a late night show instead of uh, inside of Planet Hollywood. I picked this up myself because I couldn't copy it from your website. Uh, instead of Planet Hollywood, it's in City Theater, opening to rave reviews in 2013. Yeah. 2014, Sky was hired as lead vocalist in Holly Madison's 1923 Bourbon and Burlesque, shaking her tatas at Mandalay Bay. About two minutes. <laughs> and then as the MC in the sexy hit show. 53X or 53 times? It's 53X. 53X at the Paris Hotel Casino in 2016. Oh, I've got a lot, haven't I? Sky can be seen in the hit videos <laughs> Lollipop. And, and you don't want to do anything today. Lollipop, Lollipop. I wasn't that. That wasn't that kind of Lollipop. <laughs> Little Wayne's Lollipop. What kind of Lollipop did Little Wayne have? He had a lot of licking going on. A lot of licks. Licks, you know, like song licks. Yeah, song licks. Like, like, come on, man. Yeah. I don't know. We're not going down that road. And Every Girl in the World by Drake. Drake and Little Wayne. How'd that go? Both experiences were really, really great. The first video paid more. Lollipop paid more. But that was Drake's first video. It was very first video? It was very first video. Wow. Uh, yeah. Did you oh, Followed, come on in. Followed by Long Runs at Rose Rabbit Lie at the Cosmopolitan. Nice. Four? Many wine glasses. Uh, we need more of that. Yeah, oh, those are nice. All good glasses. I, I just got a magic At the corner of Walk and Don't Walk, on the way to the gateway to downtown Las Vegas. For those of you who live here, the doors are open. Come on in. You're welcome to come and visit with us. Anyway, you were at Rose Rabbit Live at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. And recently at the Shag Room at the new Virgin Hotel, which yeah. I would say is the only Virgin in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Is it? And now you can catch our fabulous friend headlining her own show, Midnight Sky, at the newly reopened... Midnight Sky, the revival. It's a Midnight Sky revival? No, Midnight... The revival. Clearly the you revival. didn't read what you wrote. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Midnight Sky, the revival. Yeah. Uh, at the, at the reopened Ghost Bar. We reopened Ghost Bar. Oh, at the Palm Casino. Ghost Bar. Say hello to my awesome friend, Sky Devo! I'm glad I got out of bed. Right below Vetri. Because, right? Yeah, oh, Vetri. Oh. Oh. And yeah, Big Bob yeah. runs here for dinner. I love the Vetri. Please do. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mark was in town yesterday. Wait. Okay. So, you, so the show is Wednesdays and yes, Thursdays we were, at the Ghost we Bar. We were Fridays and Saturdays for four months from August to last week. And we started Wednesdays and Thursdays this week. Fabulous. So. We'll okay. talk about the show a little bit while Big Bob pours us. Oh, I got to pour one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something so we can start the show yeah. with the toast. I like the. Somebody's got to be someone's well, bitch. The show yeah. is just, uh, I call it the revival just because I felt like 
Vegas needed a, a, a recharge, a rebirth, a reinvention, a reenactment of just a reboot. A reboot. 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 We need a reboot. Yes. Unplug. I feel like it lost its joy, and I don't think it was even just. A, I mean, definitely pandemic had some to do with that, but I think it was kind of teetering on the dying of excitement before the pandemic. And I think the pandemic just kind of did it over. And I just find that people don't know how to have fun anymore. They don't know how to, you know, you still have to say, buy you a drink, or you can pay the usher to give you a good seed, or, you know, just all of that. I mean, I've been here 15 years. I'm sure I, I didn't get to experience old, old Vegas, but I got a little bit of um, Vegas and entertainment and restaurant life, and it was just different. So I felt like I wanted to create the show that people can come and feel like, they came into your house, whether it's having a good time, a block party, or you know, um, a barbecue, or after church. I want everybody to feel all the feel goods. You know, I lost my mom last year, so I just felt like I even needed to re, uh, recharge um, of why we, I'm even performing. So, and you know who loves you? My mom. Your mom loves me. <laughs> Sandy, Sandy from loves San Diego loves Scott. Always, always has. Yes. You have a toast, a favorite toast? Wheat. No, just <laughs> no, you don't have a favorite toast? I like I'm lie. A, I'm here all night. Do you have a favorite toast. toast? My favorite toast is uh, whatever's on your mind at the time. I right? like to tell my guys to go be great because you are great. So that's something that's I say. Good. Go be great because you are great. And if you're not, endeavor to persevere. Oh, okay. Well, again, we're coming to you from Peppermint Hippo where you want to be great. No, you can't get anything right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't be John. <laughs> Talk more about your show. Well, we have a, it's from 10 to 2. I mean, depends on, you know, definitely the vibe of the room. It's very immersive. Um, I start off with a very, everything in the show are little pieces of me. So, like, I love the uh, movie The Wiz. It's my favorite movie. So, there's just like a little hint of The Wiz is in the show. The boom, I grew up in the church. I started singing, so little church is in the show. I'm from the Midwest, went to school in the South, so there's a lot of blues and rock and funk that's in the show. Very organic. So when you say blues, like what? I'm talking about down home blues. Like Bessie I'm Smith? I'm talking about Coco Taylor. I'm talking about I, you, know what? You, don't know, you don't know this, but I produced Coco Taylor's last video. You did? I really did. I've got a funny Coco Taylor. So oh Coco was from Chicago, and you know I'm from yes. Chicago. And my friend Willie, my friend Mark Wilhelms went with me, and we were going to get, we were, we did. We honored Coco Taylor as the first lady of the blues, yeah. and we flew her to Los Angeles. Uh, and and I produced this party, which was for all the transplanted Chicago people that are in L.A. So my friend Willie and I go to Coco Taylor had a had a restaurant and a casino just outside of Chicago. Okay. So we went for lunch to meet with Coco, and my friend Willie will never forget this. We're having lunch with Coco Taylor, and she takes her teeth out, and she oh starts God. cleaning them on the oh tablecloth. No. Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, her, 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 her oh, daughter man. Cookie is watching. God love her. God bless her. But we had a party at the Peterson Auto Museum in Los Angeles. Uh, our friend Joe Montagna was there. Tommy Dreesen hosted it. Uh, Jim Belushi was there. All the Chicago yeah. folks came. Um, I heard Mark DiCarlo and his blues band backed up Coco. Okay. And she graced us with a version of Wayne Dang Doodle. Wayne Dang Doodle. Yeah. Wayne Dang Doodle. Yeah, so we have a whole segment called the Boomer Room. It's one of my biggest sets. And it's all blues or kind of old funk. Betty Davis, um, we do it. Um, Betty Davis? 
well, the one married to Miles Davis. Oh, her name is Betty Davis? No, no. Miles Davis' wife was uh, Cicely Tyson. Yes, but he married... He married a lot of Just say Betty White. No, Betty... I, John Chino did an amazing no, he job married, of playing No, he married um, Betty, and Betty was before... I think I'm such a small name now, I'm, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm very tired. I haven't had any sleep. But I got up for you since it's my time when I'm waking up getting ready for the <laughs> But he married... He married Betty, Betty introduced Miles to Jimi Hendrix, and that's when he got that new sound from... The Electric Miles. The, the Electric Miles. Uh, so I went... She was the witch's brew. She was that, um, that not-so-good lady for him, but what oh, a good no? woman. No, they were good, but she was just a free spirit. She was before Shaka Khan. She was a way ahead of her time, and she wasn't commercial, so it was hard. So she... Basically, ended up kind of falling out of the music business, and they did a documentary. I don't get the name right because I love her, but I just. So I'm, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. You keep talking. Um, I think I'm gonna give you a fact check. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Camera person I'm, and poor. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna pull back a little bit. Get everybody in the shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's a little tight. It's a little tight. It's a little tight. It's a little tight. That's good. That's good. Funk and rock. From a woman, from a black. And her name was Betty Davis. No, I'm gonna find yes. it. So I, I went. Like I went to the to the Hollywood Bowl one time. I, I did get to see Miles live in Chicago at Grand Park. But I went. And they were doing what they called the, the Three Faces of Miles, and they dedicated a postage stamp to Miles Davis. And he, his daughter, did live here in Las Vegas. I don't know if she still does or not. Um, but they they actually had. Here it is. Betty Mabry. No. It says Betty Mabry, darling. Well, that Betty might be before she was Francis Taylor, Betty Mabry, and Cicely Tyson. Those were his three wives. Yeah, but she's Betty Davis because she was married to him. Well, yeah, but she didn't go back. <laughs> oh, no, she does say Betty Davis was an American citizen. Yeah, Betty me Davis. About... There you go. Sky knows. She was born yeah, Betty, like Betty said... Gray. She was born Betty Gray Mabry. Right, thank you. It's just when I say it, I always, yeah. Yeah. I always have to. There you go. Because I always think about the other Betty Davis. Betty Davis eyes. She's got Betty Davis eyes. I started watching a show on Hulu. Nothing creepier than Betty Davis eyes. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. It's called The Feud. And it's a great little miniseries on Hulu. They could have done it in two hours. but there's Oh, the movie about... About Betty Davis. But I saw the three faces. He was only married to her for a year. It was But he got... Some of his best work, his most legendary work, came from his relationship with her. Of course, Cicely Tyson was, you know, the long. Yeah. Well, that was that was only eight years. So how long yeah. you been in Vegas? When did you come to Vegas? I came in December twenty third, oh five. You remember the New Year's? Same time, same time. Not, well, not the same month, but I came. In Oh, five. Five, yeah, yeah New you, from New York. Wow. Yeah. All right, let me, let me yeah. read about it, my my other guest. Oh, I, I, got, I, I do research. People people don't know that I do research. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Rick Moden is an American seafood chef and an early adopter of sustainable yeah, fishing know. practices. This is, I've seen him cook steak. Yeah. This is this is read this thing. Yeah, let me read my thing. Yeah, he's only about 20 years old. Yeah, he's known as the godfather of sustainability. It's true. <laughs> Amen, godfather. Mooney graduated from the Culinary Institute of America and went on to work at New York City's La Cote Basque. La Cote Basque. Le Cirque. Le Cirque is correct. And Alan Sayak, the chef that I worked under, just passed away. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I'd like to just take a pause because 
what an amazing man and an influence on my life. So, you know, Jefferson Carey and a lot of other big names worked on the same man, too. Yeah. And uh, the creme brulee came during his reign. That show. Yeah. That was Where were you on the line with Richard Feminella? You guys were on the line together with Charlie Palmer, weren't you? Charlie? No, I know Charlie. I yeah. know Rich Femmella. But I'm trying to think where we worked on the line together. Probably Chelsea Central. You know, that's where we started mix up people like from the River Cafe, uh, Chelsea Central, where I was a chef. That's when I kind of hopped over to work as a consultant with Charlie Palmer at Chelsea Central. You know, that, that goes way back. Treat Williams and Penny Marshall. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of big names were involved in back, back then. I stayed at the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just a little rich. Tall Richard. I know Tall Richard. Yeah, Tall Richard. He's he at the Park Avenue Cafe. Whatever. Yeah. He's still the chief financial officer for, for Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, he's been in Charlie forever. Uh, Moon then Charlie. became executive chef and partners at Oceana. That's where I met Rick. Before he opened RM in New York, which earned three stars from the New York Times. Yep. Also a partner in the Greek restaurant Molivas. Molivos. 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 Which also received three stars from the yeah. New York Times. Yeah. Eh? Whoa. Yeah. Eh. Yes. Eh. Rick was one of the very few chefs in New York to have three stars from two separate open restaurants in New York. In 2005, Moon closed the New York restaurant RM in order to open Rick Moon's RM Seafood and R Bar Cafe at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Upstairs. Originally it was called R Bar. Yeah, we called it R Bar. Oh. The, it was actually, that's, it doesn't matter. When we first opened, <laughs> downstairs, but downstairs was RM Seafood, right? So, and our bar was just a little bar in the back, that little, you know, towards the back there was a suit that became the sushi bar. Didn't open up as a sushi bar. We started off doing uh, biscuits straight out of the oven and all kinds of gravy. I love the sushi stuff. bar. The sushi oh, bar. So you go there, all kinds of just lobster, yeah, yeah, yeah. lobster yeah. biscuit and gravy at the R bar. Anyway, that that didn't go anywhere. So <laughs> we, we, we we shifted gears and ended with sushi. Yeah, why I stole um, uh, Sean Collin, uh, Sean, uh, not Collin, Sean, what's his last name? He worked at the, the other, the strip club, the men's club, and he would always come back and forth to get bar stuff from me because this chef that he worked on it was Stephen Geddes, a good friend of mine. He's a master sommelier. No one's going to follow him. Stephen Geddes, yeah, Stephen Geddes also was responsible for the, the wine tower at uh, Oriel. Well, uh, yeah, he was part of that. And then he had the wine ferries, and if you're a fan of Las Vegas, and you would go to Ariel at Mandalay Bay, you'd see that the girls would get on ropes and fly up and pick up your bottle of wine from the wine tower. So Geddes is a master sommelier and he gets sick of it one day. He says, ah, I, I did this. I'm done with it. became a chef? Yeah, so he said, I'm going to be a chef now. He said, oh. and he worked under Andre Rashad. I mean, yeah, he, he had some training and stuff. Uh -huh. He worked for George LaForge, too, right around the corner. He sure did. And so he became the executive chef at the men's club when they opened it up. It used to be an old... It was a street right. club, but, you know, tucked away in the armpit over in the back. It's all the best food. It's all the best food. It's all the best food. And they also had another master, so they do the wine program. Darius Allen. Darius Allen. Yeah. And that's right. It's like a psychopedo. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bob. Big Bob's got his story. Is there a Johnny Man over here? No, he's the cloud. That's why he's so called. Right. He's the cloud. <laughs> I, I have a question. I just upload. I got a steel trap. Yeah, yeah. I just upload stuff. My friends and I, we were just having this discussion, like, last week. Why a are there so many men who are chefs, but women are assigned the kitchen at home? Like, you, most, you never think about your husband cooking. Right. Uh, my right? dad was the chef at my house. I, well, my house, they do. 
of chefs on the cover of magazines. So that, that was unusual. Like Bon Appetit magazine, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Rachou, okay. it was on the cover. It was always just food, like a cornucopia of food. Mm, okay. So I'm pretty. So now personalities are starting to get focused on. So there was so around that time, uh, in the early in the eighties, Robin Leach, who was from Las Vegas, was fifty percent. Another minute of silence, our friend RL. He, 50% of Food Network. It was called the Television Food Network. TVF, TVFN. People thought it was out of, they were out of their minds. Putting all that money onto just one subject. Who's going to, people are going to lose interest. They laughed it down. I remember wearing a helmet, construction helmet, and, get, and I got a t-shirt. I still have it from the, when they did the pre-opening of right. the show. It was Bobby Flay, who was, you know, he was married to one of the women that were was on the show or was involved. There was a there's a lot of politics in the beginning and whatever. Come on in, Chef. That's where it started. That's where it started. Is this a podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast. Jonathan? Yeah, George Schifano. I am friends with Tim and Lori Laird. We're we're live. be here. How are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, this is just a casual discussion. Yeah, we're talking about chefs. Nothing in particular. I'm not Food Network, all, I mean, all the food chat all day long. Like, yeah. So it's Emily Gosse, you know, he was yeah. a shy guy, you know. He had to, I know the guy that I trained him originally for, um, for you know, media work, Todd work, because he was, he was head down and was very quiet and he was so mm-hmm. rough And he, you know, he really, he didn't have all that charismatic band craziness yeah. until he, he learned. He learned. I met him early on before he was famous. And the one thing that I loved about Emeril. And I met him with a, a famous artist in New Orleans named George Rodriguez, yeah. and and they knew each other because they were both in New Orleans. Uh, is that he would after after dinner he would have a meal the chef's dinner with all of his entire staff after every night. Yeah, I thought that was way cool. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, so and, do you feel? And Emerald's first question whenever he has the employee meal is, he asks the chef, "What can you fry?" <laughs> Everything is fried. It's gonna be fried. Emerald's one of the nicest guys you've ever met in life. Absolutely. The essence of Emerald is when he was at his best. That's when he was kicking ass. That's when he had a band. 
an audience, yeah, yeah. energy. Yeah. He was really working. He was he was loving and rolling at it. Oh really yeah. It, 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 it took him a couple of shows before that before he got to that point, and that's normal, you know. And, yeah. uh, so do you think the celebrity the because I know the music industry is the same way, like, oh, that person is a great personality, but okay, talented. Right. Did, did you guys feel there was a time when the celebrity was overtaking the true talent? art the, in talent of being a chef or a great Still cook? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's going to be a few that That's an easy point to, to, to discuss and argue. And yes, that absolutely is the, is the easy answer, mm -hmm. straight up. But, you know, what it also brought along is some deep interest. It widened the it widened the audience base, which everybody wants, no matter what you do, no matter what level of entertainment you're involved in. And uh, for that, it was worth it was it's worth it. You know, the art of the the culinary art, you know, the foo foo, you know, detail oriented stuff. I, I learned under that regime. Okay. You know, I understand it. There was a time where it just it bothered me so much that food was going to be lost forever. There's always going to be good food. I, I think your question is going to go around. I think we should go back to it. Now Mancini joined us as well. I think you can address Hello. this. Good to see you, Scott. So you want to look at my own? Oh, yeah, a little bit. We're going to tighten this up a little bit. So the question that Scott asked out. Turn me a little so well, 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 Bob's going to get in. Just tighten it up. Just pull it back. 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 Pull it you know, and instead of yeah. it women. seems like more women. I would always brought up with the people that cooked, but for some reason, it's more men who are popular in the celebrity but, but and the chef. That, well, that's a matriarchal thing. I mean, women take care of the family. I mean, men are off yeah, doing yeah, whatever they do. That, that's, that's an old-fashioned traditional. It's just yeah, it's, 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 but it's he's not in very, it at all. Yeah. It's, there you go. There you no, go. I think that's uh, strange that they don't have. Well, that, you know, I go back to the fact that cooking in the kitchen, a professional kitchen, is brutal. And I, I sure as hell wouldn't want to do it. I don't know anyone but, that could. I mean, I worked with Kat Cora at Bistro Don Giovanni in Napa Valley when she was the sous chef. And she became a big slur. And she was the hardest working, toughest, nailed little girl from Mississippi you ever met in your life. Yeah. But I think Rick would be able to speak to this, and maybe he did. He did. The French um, brigade system was based on the military, on the military yeah, right? right? And, women women were and there were no women in the military where that came up from. So. The, the whole classically trained kitchen and the fine dining structure came from a very male-oriented, militaristic, nasty, mean, mm. brutal, yeah. kind of no no one, no emotion, no, makes, no okay. yeah. I mean, including gazing, structure, expectations, no one, no one quits, you come into work no matter what. Drag your ass in, hungover, wow. finger cut off, get your butt in here. And that, that also, that hazing, <laughs> from what I've been told, from as recently as 15 years ago in the kitchens, the kind of hazing that went on in kitchens was also, for the women that were there, kind of would be considered Me Too moments of, uh -huh. in this day and age. The way that women were abused in the kitchen or treated horribly. And it was, be a tough guy. You know, they, they felt like they had to be tough and tough it out and put up with that. Yeah. Which, thankfully, that doesn't happen as much anymore. 
And, you know, you may say what, say what you will about, um, you know, the HR um, divisions of casinos, but I think when a lot of those French guys and a lot of those European guys came here, they found out that they couldn't get away with the bullshit that yeah, they were but, allowed but to get was, into. That was back in the day when, were, when, when chefs like myself and, and then when I had a restaurant, I was trying to build a culture. I wanted to build a culture. How do you build a culture? You really have to work on people caring and wanting to work wanting to come to work, excited to come into work. So you had to create that environment for them that they were involved, that they knew that they were part of a, of a working machine that got a lot of great recognition because we were the best. And, and, you had, and it was very militant, but you had to always instill into them that excitement about their job. Today, people don't give a shit anymore. There's no more building of culture. Try to build a culture today. Good luck with all the Me Too and everything else. You can't. It's gone. It's stripped. And it, it's not it's not the popularization of the celebrity of the chefs that did it. It's a whole other uh, influx of. Well, but of, a big part of, of that is a big part of that is there's always there's a better deal around every corner. Everybody that works in a kitchen can, can, quitters, can get a better all, deal at another all, restaurant tomorrow. All the, all the you know. The, yeah, but that's a, but that comes from. I think the culture. Well, that's our current culture. I mean, look. Listen. People don't have integrity. It's, it's, it's we like, took advantage of everybody that came and worked for us. Yeah, sure. I was taken advantage of, but big time. Yeah. And, and 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 you continually were work. Were, By those who worked for you, or the. But those that I worked for, yeah. I mean, okay. you, you didn't get paid for every hour you worked. Yeah. You you showed up early. You stayed late. You proved yourself, and that was what was expected of you. Not it wasn't part of a, a written contract. Yeah. But you know, you but taken advantage of was part of the game. But Scott, as a, as a touring musician, I'm assuming you spent some time on the road and touring in your career. A little bit, not a lot, but yeah. Okay, but I, 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 then I would ask you, you know a lot of women musicians because I know that women have found road culture in rock and roll and in music to be just as intimidating. I would just say it doesn't have to be on the road. I would say just being whatever level I'm at is still brutal. I mean, it still it doesn't have to be on the road. It's still a certain yeah. way. You're treated. It's like I've had to hire sometimes a male uh, music director or somebody because the language is not translating of what I'm saying, or men don't want to hear what I'm saying, or they like they know more than me because they played with somebody, you know, Betty Davis, Betty Davis, and Miles Davis. <laughs> so the, the, there is a um, but I, I'm sort of saying like, well, there's brutal things. But just being a manager of any sort has can be um, a form of just has finds this disrespect. I don't want to use the word brutal, but um, I find it harder. I always tell people I think if I was married, or if 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 other people in my industry knew that I was in a relationship, they would treat me different. Mm -hmm. It's still a thing that a male presence has to be. A, around but since they know that it's not i get treated a certain way you know right. i'm the one that's setting down writing the contracts or i'm the one that's still gotta love the stuff in it the guys aren't there i'm the one still booking i'm still doing all. there's still a, a a male female thing that goes on and, and i'm and listen i'm no feminist Okay, I want my cat calls and my dog whistles. And Sky D. Miles appears at the Palms Hotel and Casino with yeah. Midnight Sky Wednesdays yeah. and Thursdays. Yeah. Joining us, Al Mancini, yeah. food journalist. Yeah. I'm going to call you that. Okay. And uh, 
Creator of the Neon Feast app, download the app right now. Yeah, Neon Feast, Feast and also Beer and Loathing, Buddha Buddha Loathing Podcast. I always yes, go back to the Hunter S. Thompson. Yes, well, that is where it came from. Yeah. Sadly, I was um, Sue and I were dining at a restaurant recently, and we told the waitress that my podcast was called Food and Loathing. She said, okay, that's weird. And I said, no, it's like Fear and Loathing. And she said, okay. And I said, like Hunter S. Thompson. She just clueless. No, the, the, the book, father the of gonzo journalism. For you kids at home, Hunter S. Thompson was the, considered the father of gonzo journalism, like Chef Rick Moonen is the godfather of sustainability. And I want to hear about what sustainability means. What does sustainability mean? It's a simple concept. In my case, as a chef, as, a, as brought up in fine dining environment, is caring about the, uh, the products that you have the privilege of working with. You know, fresh fish, fresh venison, fresh meat, eggs, everything you have. But but only great food, great ingredients come from healthy environments. So now you become inevitably, uh, by accident, uh, an environmentalist. Because you're trying to make sure that if we screw up the environment where these these fish are coming from or where these, these other animals are growing, then it's going to affect the food that we eat in detrimental ways. Now... That is my easy way of talking about sustainability. Once you start creating a voice, um, telling people this is your concern, then everything else gets tagged along with it. And next thing, next thing you know, you're worried, people are worried about you know the, the feathers that grow around the bird's ass, you know, <laughs> you know and, and how it irritates when the wind blows north on right. a cold, moist day. You know, I mean, like, come on. I think there's a song or there. Or, <laughs> or it comes out to it becomes cost effective. Like, look. He cares too much. I almost think now it's like you. I think now people who care. I find that medium mediocrity has become the norm with food, with even at restaurants and music. And I hope, I hope not. Well, it's, not in Las Vegas. Yeah, in Las we, Vegas. we aspire to greater and things. I don't think so. The only thing I know is is that um, uh, I know when I've been to a bad restaurant when the free range chickens are roaming the men's room. That's, that's what I know. I'm you know, I, I want to go back just a little bit. The to the word pecker. A little back to this guy's question before you go that fast. Like, can we give a shout out to some of the great female chefs that are here in town? Like we mentioned, Gina Marinelli. Top five. Gina Marinelli, Nicole Brisson. But but say the name of the restaurant. Okay, so Gina Marinelli is at La Strega and also at Harlow Steakhouse, both out in the Summerlin area. She's brilliant. Emily Brubaker, um, part of that team. Emily Brubaker, part of the team. Got a good process, um, Nicole Brisson <laughs> yeah. is um, with Reza on the yeah. strip. Now, she, she's a, she was with uh, Mario. She ran all of Mario Vitale's Las Vegas restaurants That's for a while. Great. Great. So she knows what she's doing. She probably knows more about aging beef than just about anybody other than two or three other butchers in the country. Um, she's at Brezza on the Strip as well as Bar Zazu right next door in Resorts World. She's fantastic. Jamie Tran is absolutely and she brilliant. Was on Iron Chef? She was on Top Chef. Top Chef? Um, yeah, she she, reasoned, she was one. She was the nice person. Which one were you on? Which one were you on? Top Chef Masters. Top Chef Masters. What about Chops? No, I never did Chops. Oh, okay. My bad. Jamie Tran is amazing, and she's also an off-strip, off-strip chef. Yeah. She had worked on the strip at Ariol for Charlie Palmer, and then she also went over to Danielle Ballou's restaurant and um, 
in Venetian Palazzo, and then she started her own Vietnamese American comfort Ooh. food restaurant over on um, Warm Springs Road and Durango Drive. It's called the Black Sheep. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I would go there. Um, other female, other women chefs. Sue, who am I throwing? Oh, Vincent Rotolo's right right What's Vincent Oh yes, Mariana. Yes, fabulous. Mariana, I'm forgetting her last name. Alvarez. Alvarez. Thank, thank, you. thank you. And she <laughs> primarily makes tortillas. Um, yeah. Really like from scratch. Yeah, she, she's, she's, she's she's got a, she's got a pre-arrival for your holidays. Order online. <laughs> yeah, definitely look up Masa yeah. Zul. Yeah. yeah, she's um, back. In, she's back online uh, where she's uh, creating. Isn't she? She's Masa, right? yeah. Is she show in a restaurant? Um, I believe so, but she has not told me where. So I can't tell anybody that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm. I can't wait to see these, her over there. Um, yeah. Other yeah. women. Oh, uh, bagels. How about Lorena Garcia? Sonia. 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 Yes. Um, over at. Uh, What's I'm the name of the bagel? Bodega. 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 Bodega bagel. Bodega bagel. Bodega bagel. Bodega bagel. Bodega bagel. I'm so sorry, Sonia. Sonia. On the spot here, I What about our friend Christina, who's always a Vegas test kitchen? Christina Nguyen. Christina Nguyen is fantastic. Mama. Mama. Lorena Garcia. Lorena Garcia. Is probably other than Nicole Brisson, the only woman that I know that has her name on a restaurant yeah. marquee on Las Vegas Boulevard yeah, on the strip. Well, well no, she runs Chica. Chica. Oh, okay. Chica, yeah. No, also yeah. Mary Sue and Susan. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Water girl, girl. But the thing with with the, with the names like Giada, who is fantastic, with Mary Sue and Susan, who run Border Grill, and with Lorena Garcia, who is brilliant, and she runs um, Chica right. in the Venetian. Is they are of the celebrity chef status, which means they're not in their restaurants every day. Right. And I'm not saying that as a put down to them. I'm saying they've reached that that celebrity right. level where right. they don't have to be there every and day. And they have multiple outlets. And they have multiple, multiple cities. Outlets, so right. Right. But the, the other names that we've mentioned are people that you're, you're, are in there working residents. 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 Yeah. On, the, on the ground. Yeah. On the ground. Yeah. Yeah. On the ground. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I just wanted you to hear a roster of people that that do represent an area that you're not familiar with. I'm not familiar with. And they're all beyond legit. And they're all badass. But we have not come far enough. We have not come anywhere near far enough. Hey, Martha Stewart has a restaurant. Bring it. There is a great Martha Stewart. There's a great organization, actually. You met? I have, yes. What do you think? Well, first, I'm just going to say Women's Hospitality Initiative, look it up, a great organization founded by Elizabeth Blau and Jolene Menina here in Las Vegas. Yes, and what they're all about is teaching women and the men around them at the lower levels how to promote from within. And because they found that finding women in executive chefs is not really a glass ceiling problem. They call it a broken rung problem, which means there aren't enough stepping stones up from the first first job to the second job to the third job, that there aren't enough women who are qualified for the highest position. So the way to solve that isn't to immediately try to push women into the executive chef position. It's to start making sure women get a boost up and they learn what they need to do. Um, So the Women's Hospitality Initiative, if there are any women out there who want to get into the industry, I would recommend them to look that up. Now, what did I think about Martha Stewart? (laughs) Martha Stewart's restaurant is absolutely perfect for anyone who loves Martha Stewart. Um, you know, my brother wants to go there because he's a Martha Stewart fan, and I think he will enjoy it. I think he, he will get everything that he wanted from it. Now, it is pricey. 
It is a country club atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You feel as if you should be going out to play polo after you dine there. (laughs) Um, And none of that bothers me, even though, as you can see, the only times I've been on a polo field is when I go to Coachella for the music festival. Um, Tell about the chuckers, my friend. It's not about me. And Jim's Cup. Yes. Well, hold on. I want to go back to Rick, though. In 1974, you went to the Culinary Institute. How many women were in your class? Very few. 5%? 2%? 5% would be high. So that answers a little bit of your question. Well, you can answer. It, it, does, well, yeah. it does answer. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, my question was, yeah. why? I'm so glad we got on this, though. I think this is great. Because, because I just, we need I worked more. At Rosemary, but like, when I started in, working in some clubs, I realized yeah. how, man, the energy is so masculine energy. I didn't realize, because I'm thinking about how I'm raised, where women mainly cooked in, in the home and did all okay. the bills. Sure. God, they did the fish fries and the barbecues in there, but. <laughs> Where do you go for southern food? Or for... Oh. I have not found a place in Vegas yet that. Have you been to um, Chef Carol's? I've never heard of Chef Carol's. Okay, it's down on the historic west side. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's pretty good. I actually did a story for the Las Vegas Review Journal about two or three years ago, I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say for Black History Month, right? right? Because you do, that's the only time sometimes you right. get asked to write these stories. Yeah. Um, but I really examined the history of African American food in Las Vegas, and I went down and asked people to recommend some quality soul food places. There are some some great places on the historic west yeah. side. Most of them, um, yeah. Used to be fantastic. Yes, I would say that I haven't been in in a while. I've heard open? some rumors of it maybe dropping off a bit, but I'm pretty sure it's still open. But not this one over here not is no Charleston, longer open. Yeah. This one think, closed, yeah. You know, it's like um, when you grow up on um, whatever your nationality is, it's hard to satisfy what you like. No one fries chicken better than my mom, mm-hmm. so it's very hard to go to a place like. That's amazing soul food because you have your own very Never. familiar. So I think it's like with Italian food or any very uh, specific uh, heritage of food to find a restaurant that really gets that. Because people are very, it's such a comfort food. Only two listings on Heaven Evan, what's the other one? No, they, neither. Well, hot dogs and you're not really searching it the right way. No, I search it. You want to find it? I'm on the neon. I used to take people to Heaven Evan's when I when I used to come and visit, but I don't like now. I just don't know. It has to be more than Heaven I just don't know where all the social restaurants are. Most of the ones are they are pick up. They're not dining. Yeah. There's, um, oh man. Well, like House of one. Blues what tries. Yeah, no. House of Blues tries, but, you know, <laughs> Sorry, it's, y'all. Like, it's, just, it's, 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 way beyond, it's way beyond barbecue. It's way beyond just barbecue. What's the one that it has the Bruce, the Bruce Leroy down on the, down on the west side? Um, Bruce Leroy. Yeah. Is it Mama's? Don't know. No, it's got a really crazy name. It's like it's Chinese and soul food mixed, mixed together. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I have heard of that. Do you want to find it on the Neon Cheese then? Um, <laughs> I don't think we have a category for that. Jonathan Scott. I don't Scott. understand why there's not soul foods on the rest of the Coming to you from Peppermint Hippo uh, at the corner of Walk and Don't Walk, which is really the gateway to downtown Las Vegas. It's the old Olympic Gardens if you want to come by. We're going to be here every Friday, 5 o'clock. You're welcome to join the podcast or just come and hang out. And um, 
we appreciate uh, you guys, uh, your input on things that you'd like to talk about. And people love talking about food. And one of the things, I, I did a couple of shows on the CW Network about culinary arts. Um, and we talked about the surgeons of, of chefs off the strip. And, and the restaurants that are happening off the strip. That people might not, you know, if they're tourists, they're going to go to the, the strip restaurants. But what recommendations would you have for restaurants you know, we talk about Sparrow and Wolf certainly a lot, and Black Sheep is another one that we mentioned, but there's there's some young chefs that are coming up that are... Yeah, they're a fan. I mean, I should point out that if you go on Neon Feast, there's about 500 restaurants on there, only 100 of them are on the Strip. The other 400 are off-Strip restaurants, so they're scattered throughout the valley because we have great food everywhere in Las Vegas. Yeah, nice. I agree. And we have great chefs everywhere in Las Vegas, so... I guess the question would be, what are you looking for? And you know, you tell me what kind of food you like, and I'll tell you where to go. I want Chef Rick Moonen's ribs. I've had Rick's ribs. They're all. You know what? You know what? And, and Rick's, Rick also Rick makes uh, Rick also makes amazing pizza. Too. You know. You know what he really made that I couldn't find anywhere? Skirt steak. Mm -hmm. Skirt steak. Not a lot of restaurants have skirt steak. Yeah. No, it's what. Yeah, Rick recommended several restaurants from my app, actually. Sure. Right. So Saffron Indian. Yes. One that you really liked. I remember that. Flavors of that one came from you. I know you recommended Marche Bacchus. It's kind of a Vegas institution. It is. It's a experience. I would say, you know, since you're a seafood chef, let me talk about great seafood restaurants. In my neighborhood, we have Other Mama. Yeah. By Dan Kramer, which is amazing. That's on Durango at Desert Breeze Park. Yeah. Other, other Mama. I'll take you out anytime. I always have a plus one. I saw you at Gospel Brunch. Thank you. Tim, climb up. Yeah, that's right. Why did I just see you? Yes. Other Mama's on Durango. So a friend of mine just came in from Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky, everybody. My friend Tim Laird, his title is CEO, which stands for Chief Entertaining Officer, author of Three different books. Three books. On entertaining. And food and, and drink. And, and you can see them on ABC TV nationally whenever there's a holiday or Christmas and stuff going on. Big Bob's offering you a glass. He's pouring some yes, wonderful well, Bordeaux. I, 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 yes, I will. Absolutely. absolutely. Always Bordeaux. Okay, oh, absolutely. Only Bordeaux. Always pimping. So Look we, at that. We, we have to. We always go in succession in a, in a sensible order. The first one is a Cote de Castillon. It's 90% Merlot, 10% Cabernet Franc. It's organic and biodynamic, and is Chateau Juina. Juina from, from the Côte de Castillon, and Castillon is famous because it's where the French kicked out the British at the Battle of Castillon in 1453. And um, for you kids at home that are taking notes, yeah. <laughs> 1493. I would have studied history if they poured wine with. Well, okay. <laughs> so you know, my I already I, remember. I was a history major in college, and the reason I'm good at the wine business because I just remember names and dates, and it's a crazy stupid. So Tim, to bring you up this speech. So Juinan, Juinan, salut, salut. Here's everybody. Happy holidays. Our friend Sky D. Miles appears at Palms Hotel Resort Casino and a show called Midnight Sky Wednesdays and Thursdays, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Midnight Sky Revival. 10 to 2. Wednesday I keep forgetting the revival part. You need the revival. We, we all need that. <laughs> <laughs> Tim. Welcome back to Fabulous Las Vegas. Great to be here in Fabulous Las Vegas. Absolutely. Now, one of the topics that we were talking about was Chef Rick Moonen. 
Big Bob Bordeaux, Bob Bordeaux. He's, he's Bob. talking about talking about uh, female chefs. Certainly here in Las Vegas, there's been a resurgence. And now Mancini publishes uh, Fear Food and Loathing. I always want to do that. Food yeah. and Loathing in Las That's Vegas. And he's got an app called Neon Feast. Neon, Neon Feast. Yes. We're talking about female chefs, and, and there's a plethora. If uh, Melissa's watching, she it's her favorite word of, of female chefs that have been coming up here in the Las Vegas area. What do you find nationwide? Do you find that? Oh, it, uh, it definitely. I, I'll tell you, we, in Louisville, I mean, we were known for a lot of great independent restaurants, and there's so many great uh, female chefs. And in fact, uh, what's the name so of your show? Secrets. Uh, Secrets of Bluegrass Chefs is a, a show we do. You can look that up. On, uh, but uh, and we get to work with chefs, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's amazing that scene. And you're right, the females are coming along in the chef world is phenomenal. And they're, they're just, I mean, cutting through the clutter. Uh, gosh, we had one that started a long time ago. What was the chef, our uh, friend that was doing farm to table? Kathy Carey. Kathy Carey, before it was cool. 30 years ago she started this farm to table, before anybody was doing this. She was a groundbreaker and, uh, of course, many, many others of and last time you had Chef uh, David with us. Dave Danielson, who was the uh, 11 years at the executive chef at Churchill Downs. Uh, oh, wow. had a wonderful chef. <laughs> now he, uh, <laughs> that's right. After doing that, after doing that for 11 years, he said, you know what, I, I, I'm tired of uh, all these people. So now he's running a great big uh, kind of a resort distillery called uh, uh, Dant Crossing in, outside of uh, Louisville. So a lot of... A lot of bourbon uh, and wine. Yeah. Really, what a surprise. Shocker. Bourbon. Coming to you from the Peppermint Hippo here in uh, almost the gateway to Las Vegas uh, with, with Chef Rick Moonen, Big Bob, Sky D. Miles, and now Tim Laird, America's CEO. Wow. So talk about a little bit, since we've got you here, a holiday dinner. What would be the holiday dinner that, you, that you're going to talk about on ABC if you're going to go do that? Oh, I'll tell you what. Well, it, it starts out, I'll tell you what. Uh, my mom would always make this oyster stew uh, uh, on Christmas Eve. So that was always been part of it. I love oyster stew. And just getting around. And then uh, prime rib. Is that the ultimate holiday dish? A little prime rib that's always delicious. And, of course, my favorites are all the sides. Of course, the wine that goes with it. By the way, by the way, beautiful wine. This is so, oh. that is a favorite of mine. Um, and the, all three wines we brought today are 2018s, which is a sensational vintage. Very lush, very forward um, wines that might age for a little bit, but are beautifully drinking right now. Restaurants always want yeah, stuff yeah. that's ready to go. So the next wine coming up uh, is from Poissonnier Saint-Mignon, uh, Chateau Fond Gabon, also organic and biodynamic, uh, because I knew Rick was here. Was there a war? Any war? No, 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 no. <laughs> no but Poissonnier is just over the hill. It's a sub-appellation of Saint-Mignon, and uh, Fond Gabon is a wonderful small producer. This one is 80 Merlot with 10 Franc and 10 Cabernet Sauvignon. But you're going to find just beautiful lushness, and the wines are going to get more, so more concentrated as we go from one, two, to three. Um, so it, you can't go wrong, ladies and gentlemen, with 2018. No one made a bad or inferior wine in 2018. They're very upfront. They're very luscious. Uh, you could drink them with your holiday prime rib or even with ham. Yeah, or this is great with turkey. This is great turkey. You do Yorkshire pudding? Oh, yo, oh. I love oh. Oh. That was my favorite. Yorkshire pudding. I love Yorkshire pudding. What's Yorkshire pudding? Yorkshire pudding, for Christ's sake.
With, with a big hole it's in the side. It's a center. big holy muffin <laughs> with egg in it, It just, I don't know what it is when I'm looking at it. You know, the candles, cream, it looks like it's already been eaten. The candle cream, right? <laughs> 
And the canned yeah, onions. Can. I mean, come on. Oh, it's yes. the best. It's the best. I think it's time to retire. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, my wife loves it. I say, no. Well, how about the Funyuns? You've got to have the... Uh, oh, yeah, funyuns. Yeah, yeah. So I'll eat those. I'll okay. eat the Funyuns. This has occurred to me today. I have, I'm, I'm creating a recipe for a mole that's based on cherries that I want it to be red. And, I, and I'm thinking, how am I going to make this mole? Red? Delicious mole. It's really good. So much depth of flavor. We've got a lot of wahio chilies in there, hoping that that redness of that is going But it doesn't hold food. Chocolate kills it. So I'm going through my refrigerator, and what comes out with the thing that always comes out? It's always leftover. It's nice to have a little bit on your plate, but nobody eats cranberries. I love cranberries. I love you know, cranberries. I know. We all love cranberries. But it's always cranberries left over in the refrigerator. And if you tell me otherwise, you're full of shit. <laughs> like right now, like pureed like or dried cranberries. But no, real, real cranberries. Cranberries are sugar. It's it a little more in your like That's what you do. Yeah, right. So I pureed it. It's so red. You can't kill that oh, red. Wow. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Like, when I go home, I'll leave it right now. I'm going to make duck when I get home. Oh, duck breast. God, I love duck. Duck breast. Duck breast. That's how it is. Well, you know what you can do with you know what you can do with the leftover cranberry sauce. I've done this. Put it in a shaker with ice, add a little vodka, shake it up, and you have a great cocktail. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Why do I know the cranberry? Actually, it works with gin too. You can put gin, vodka, shake it up with that cranberry. Cranberry sauce. Yeah, put it. It's like a rum. Cheap rum. Rum would be great. Vodka never meant anything it didn't like. Cranberry sauce you've already made, so there's the sweetness is there. Uh, you can adjust it, but yeah. it's it's like well, the big drink, of course, in uh, Kentucky is the mint julep. Yeah, sure. So oh. the, the the secret to that is you can take a little mint jelly and bourbon, shake that up, and yeah. it's the easiest mint julep. Yeah. No muddling. If I see mint jelly in anyone's house, I turn right the fuck <laughs> oh, around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Everybody's got mint jelly in their house. I'm leaving. It's only to make uh, mint juleps, yeah. not not for lamb or anything else. No, but one of the few herbs that grows well. Thing you do to a good bourbon. Yeah, one of the few. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few herbs that grows well in Vegas. Do you think that he get healthier, gluten-free movement ruins some part of the enjoyment of food? No, I don't think so. My wife is she's celiac, and so I'm not. This isn't anything about my wife. This is about what how I've changed my cuisine, how I altered what I cook to. And it, it just makes it more interesting. I mean, I all right, so I made a, a turkey gravy for Thanksgiving this was a couple of days ago. What I think of it? Potato buds. Potato buds. It's, it's a dried, freeze-dried potatoes. We used to use them at the Code Basque in the eight, early 80s to make mm -hmm. vegetable purees. You don't make carrot puree that's going to stand up to a piping bag. You don't put a little bit of potato buds in it. <laughs> oh. I so, up on those. So babies. I thicken my gravy with it. It's delicious and healthy. And, 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 and now, a new way of thinking. Do I need processed flowers? No. And it goes further back. If you want to get into history, before the roller mill, we ate real flour. It was actually healthy for you. And nobody had celiac. Right? It was the roller mill pulling out all the wheat germ and all the, all the, all the everything else, leaving just the powdered white stuff that would be shelf stable. All that we end up with. Anyway, it's a long, sad story about how food and, and nutrition and health. 
have, uh, have come up with. Talk some more about that because I, I have the same thing with uh, Beautiful Girlfriend that she found out that she can't eat flour and she's uh, she has to have gluten free. She probably could have, depending on how bad it is. And I'm not a doctor. It's bad. No more sharp doctors. It's bad. It's oh, bad. it's all sharp. Yeah, no, no, no more bread, no more pasta. It's, it's bad. It's whole grain. You know, used to be people would grow their own wheat in their, on their property. And they didn't, it wasn't, it, it's a perennial, it's grass. It would grow back again the next year and the next year. The roots would get deeper. It would get more, more nutrition by that. It wasn't like what we do now. Anyway, and there was a mill. In every town, along every river, there was a mill. Like you, like just you could almost you could shoot a gun to the next mill, and that was. And people would mill their own their own flour, their own wheat. They would make bread out of it because it has like seven day shelf life. Real healthy, fresh wheat has like a, a very short shelf life. It goes rancid quickly because of all the nutrition and what. People would make bread just to extend the uh, enjoyment of it. I would just um, point out, if you are worried about gluten-free and that kind of stuff, we were talking about great female chefs here in Las Vegas. Nicole Brisson, is, who is one of the best yeah. Italian chefs in Las Vegas, also has Hashimoto's uh, disease yeah. or syndrome, yeah. whatever, which is uh, similar to celiac. So she yeah. can't tolerate gluten. Yeah. Yet for years, she ran all of Mario Vitale's restaurants in Las Vegas, yeah. dealing with pastas and things like that. And you know, she is an expert in cooking without gluten and doing things like that. So I would definitely recommend you go to her restaurants. If Say you that. I don't have any heat. And that, that would be um, Brezza. B-R-E-Z-Z-A. Resorts. Resorts World. And also, Vincent Rotolo, who runs Good Pie. Love it. Love it. to Mariana, as we were speaking. He did a lot of research into making gluten-free pizzas. Really? Really, really seriously. Does some of the best gluten-free pizzas. In Las Vegas. Yeah. No, they're on no, Main, Main Street. Right next to Main Street Main Provisions. Street, right next yeah. to Main Street yeah. Provisions, right there. And, and it's, it doesn't taste like shoe leather. Right. Didn't you so, have else? Yeah. yeah, no, I, I was thinking about this. You're talking about the mills, the old classic mills. Yeah. You know what I've seen popping up a lot of places are these mills, these little mills that are grinding their own. Like, we've got one in Louisville called uh, Louisville Mill Grits, and they grind everything right there, and he has a pizza parlor next to it. But they're actually... It's a mill in his house. He actually mills all yeah. these grains that come in, and it's wonderful. You got the it, best it, water in the back. country there. Yeah, it's just not fair. It really is good <laughs> limestone. <laughs> the best, limestone. The, that's, well, that's why it makes the, good The largest uh, cave, uh, the largest amount of caves of anywhere else in the world. Yeah, that limestone water is the key to, well, a couple of things. Not only does it uh, make great bourbon, uh, but it also strengthens the bones. So that's why a lot of the thoroughbreds, that are coming from yeah, Kentucky have these uh, strong bones oh, because boy. they're uh, drinking the uh, limestone and water. Let's not, let's not, you know, refer to Cassius Clay, the greatest Louis right. of all time. <laughs> he <laughs> drank a lot of limestone water. Right. I think that helped out a lot. Well, he didn't drink any of uh, this. No, he didn't drink any of the Bordeaux, no, I don't think. No. Chef, we talked a little bit, but we haven't talked about, you know, I haven't seen you for three, four years since uh, pre pandemic time. What are you up to? Me? Yeah. Over uh, in another place? What are you doing? No, no. Co-host of the Food and Loathing podcast about I, I, yeah, I co I, yeah, I co-host a lot of times. Oh, you do? Know? Food and Loathing just it, it keeps me involved with a lot going on. I still go out and I support a lot of my friends in the hospitality industry. You know, and, know, like, my wife and I like to go out and eat. We like to entertain. It's still alive. Well, I'm the master development chef for Perry's Restaurants. It's a steakhouse concept started four years ago. They're based out of Houston, 
but I've created two new concepts with them, along with the owner. So I, I do all of my uh, recipe development in my house. <laughs> so I have all this food sent to me, shipped into me, like full whole fillets and you know whatever I need. And I get so much food, we have to throw parties just to <laughs> have it consumed. You know. Yeah. Like, well, and I get we're feedback, in. and I get feedback too. You know, it's Plus, yeah, taste testers. So my life, my life couldn't possibly be better. I mean, it's a great culture. We talked about earlier about cultures dead. Is they have a great culture in there. Real savant, and I got a great time working with them. And we're opening up a new modern Mexican concept where I have a molinito, a real two two gigantic stones rubbing together, mill coming to my house anytime within the next week or so from Mexico. So I think we're making our own masa, you know, from uh, you know next to mom. And you still working with the uh, the sustainable seafood company? Um, I work with a, company, a new company that's coming out with a, a product. It's Forever Oceans. And they have hamachi right now called kanpachi. Oh. It's delicious fish. Right? What, what, was the what was the name of that? Oh, that was True North. Oh, that True North. Yeah, yeah, That's, that's that, that relationship. Uh, Martha Stewart screwed me out of there. Oh, Jesus. Martha. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Martha. So it wasn't a good thing. So it wasn't a good thing. Uh, but Rick lands on his feet. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how we evolved. Oh, yeah. my so what's not what bottle of water? So, so pimped in the what's the new one? can't have everything. It's called Forever Oceans. And where are they based? They're based right now. Well, they're they're based out of like near DC. The company itself. Oh. They're, they're raising their fish right now in Panama, oh. and, uh, and uh, they started in Hawaii. Fish is delicious. And the thing about this company that's different is they're they're acquiring the rights to farm in certain parts of the world, and they're making sure that that environment is better off while they are existing, while the tenants of that of that land. In other words, they're they're regenerating the uh, the environment in which they're setting up. Leaving it better than they first time that this has ever happened in the history. Of the world. Are you still doing anything with um, vegan fish? Vegan, you know, the, the oh, that's a, no, no. no, okay. It's made out of a, a sour melon or kind of a contradiction there, isn't well, it? Well, I know. Uh, <laughs> some of them they look like tuna. For, for, I also thought like 3D printed uh, stuff or not. Uh, that's working uh, too. Oh, no, I haven't no, seen that yet. Yeah. Wait, don't worry, I will talk about are that. Are we on our third bottle, Bob? Uh, you are, sir, yes. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> jump the gun. bigger. Johnny, <laughs> jump the gun on the third Coming to you live from the Peppermint Hippo. Oh, do we, do we want to do it in Harry Carey? Well, you've moved on to the third oh. line of the day. Who let me hear you? This is the Cougar's Wild. It's fabulous. I gotta tell you about this one. Well, this is Lillianne Louie. Uh, <laughs> All right, let me hear you. You know, when you're losing, everybody, you know, everybody can do a Harry I'm a Blood fan, and I'm a Cub fan, yeah. and I hope that yeah. you are too. But how are you? But as you know, prior to joining the <laughs> Northsiders, he was with the beloved. Until Augie Bush rode him over with the car. Yeah. Well, all right. Come on. Is, no, no details. No details. <laughs> anyway, allegedly. Lillianne Louie, this is now we're on the right bank, we're on Cabernet Dominant Wine. Sinistef, Coubergeois, Lillian Louis. This is, I believe, the owned side of the by, river. Yes, the left bank. This is, I believe, <laughs> owned by. This, I believe, is owned by um, the Hardy family, Hardy Cognac. I believe. Oh. I believe they own this one. Yeah, Hardy by But they allow Hardy. us. Hardy. But they allow us to sell this one. Yes. So yes. how do as chefs? Panel. Panel. Sky Has a question um, about. Entertainment and restaurant experience. Actually, right now, 
is a fantastic time in Las Vegas for the merging of entertainment and restaurant experiences. You, by the way, are the pioneer in that field of this new resurgence. What you did at Rose Rabbit Live. Yeah, I did. Awesome. Um, awesome. What's the new name for Rose Rabbit Live? Well, it's it's Super Freako. It's Super Freako. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Rose Rabbit Live was very much um, ahead of its time. When you went away, then suddenly everybody realized it was a good idea. So we got Mayfair Supper Club right before the pandemic struck. Um, it's super expensive investment in the primest real estate at Bellagio. Um, but that's a dinner theater experience. Um, it survived the pandemic, came back strong. Then at the same time, we got Delilah over at Wynn. And that's also another dinner theater experience. At Nomad Library, we've got um, uh, Brian doing doing his thing Brian late Newman. night. Brian Newman doing his late night thing afterwards. Um, at Olives by Todd English, they have live music in the lounge most nights that you can hear from the dining room. And then there are, of course, the older places, like you've got the Bootlegger Bistro that's been doing that for a million years. You have the Nevada Room. Um, you have the Italian American Club. The Nevada Room Club, yeah. Capos, Capos but, but I just feel people are very interested in it now because it used to be that you would come to Las Vegas and you had so many things to do. You would want to do your show. You would want to do your dinner. You would want to do your gambling. You all this. And it, you were running from one thing to another. What they've realized is if they can capture you in the one room all night long, transform the experience as the evening goes on. And by the way, you have a Great new restaurant that just opened one floor above you at the Yeah, yeah. So I say you do a little bit. I brought of it up, Al. Right? Yeah, we've yeah. already yeah. been there. Veteran, Mark Veteran. I found it work because I've been in a few. I mean, I've, I've done all the spots. I've been doing the lighters on Sunday actually. Well, I finally, because most of the I was so new, it did seem sometimes like there was this competition between entertainment and. Um, and cuisine. No. Like, who, Who's going to be the star of the show? Yes. Why are people coming? Why are people coming? Yeah. That still is, I think, um, kind of happens. I still feel like entertainment is still secondary. Hmm. Well, sometimes and, it's taken for granted because you expect everyone in Vegas to be great. Like, if somebody's going to sing, they're going to be great. If somebody's right. going to play an instrument, they're going to be great. The right. food's going to be great. The cocktail's going to be great. So sometimes it's, you know, it's sensory overload. Well, I feel like, well, I feel like everybody... We but I'm cool it. with that. I love sensory overload. Right in there. Right in was a good time. Yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> not a good toast. Well, I'm about to. You need somebody to give us a good toast. Somebody right. got a good toast oh, or a toast, man. I was talking. I was still talking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> yeah. As you drink more, the conversation just becomes more no, fluid, as we say. No, I was just saying, like, but it's a reality that I'm saying sometimes the entertainers still fight their second, that it's not, it's like, we want all this, right? Mm -hmm. We want to entertain. We're going to have a supper club. We're going to do this. But then there's like all these criteria with the entertainment. You can't do this loud. Mm -hmm. You can't do this. You can't do that. So it is a th saying, is it the food? Is it the dining? Is it the dining experience alone? Is it? Well, Sky, if I may, I've spent, I spent half of my life covering music professionally. Okay. The other half covering um, food. <laughs> um, and I will say I've never seen two groups that can compete for the greatest ego and the craziest right, people right, right. as chefs and, and musicians and entertainers. It's um, ready for a so that being said, as, as a fan, 
I like for people to have to compete for my attention. I like to go see music in a rock club where if I'm not enjoying the band, I'll walk over to the bar and start a conversation with my friends. And you better be damn good to get my attention to go. She is at the stage. And she is. Any room that Sky is performing in, she's going to have the attention in the room. So I think musicians and chefs have both gotten to the point that they're expecting a, a captive audience. Somebody's in their seat, they're staring at you the whole time. Yes, when you expand that into a dinner theater type of situation, you do have to compete a little bit, but that makes you a better performer as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to put you on the spot right oh, now. So yeah. slide, slide down a little bit. Big Bob, why don't you move next to Timmy okay. Laird, next, next okay. to Sky D. Miles. You pick one of these two, darling. Pick one of the two. <laughs> Pick one of the two. I picked the top one. We'll make it easy. I picked the top one. This right is here. only my first Friday off in 15 years, and I'm making me laugh. If you ever. She, she wants Union Scale. Change your mind. <laughs> you want to do this one? Everybody knows this one. Yeah. Do they? Sam Cook, the greatest artist who ever lived. Yeah. Or we can do Bill Withers. I'll do his. Sam Cook, come on. Bill Cooking, Bill. cook, Sam Cook. Oh. It's short, <laughs> it's easy, no intro. Don't worry, I'm going to get your agent on the phone. He's sending a bill. Here we go. Oh, God. I'll start it. I will go start it. <laughs> if you, you ever, ever change your mind, oh, my leave it, leave it in me. Everybody.